So this week I've been thinking about a lot, actually, what it is that God needs. Have you ever asked that question? What is it that God needs? Um, Which is an interesting kind of question, right? Our needs seem obvious. We need nourishment, hydration, safety, companionship, a sense of purpose. But God, what does God need? I think this is one of the reasons the parables in Luke's Gospels are so confusing, at least they are for me. God is like a shepherd who searches for a lost sheep, or God is like a woman who searches for a lost coin. But why does God search? What is the impulse there, right? By all of the standards of faith, God already knows where the sheep is, right? God knows all things. God already knows where the coin is, so why would the story be spent, a woman spending all night looking for it? And it makes me wonder, why would God celebrate finding something that God never really lost in the first place? So this question sort of led me down a rabbit hole that maybe isn't interesting for you, but it's what I've got to talk about today, uh, where I've been wondering about the needs of God. The more I've asked that question of myself, the more I've realized that I spend way more time thinking about what it is that I want and what it is that I need rather than what it is that God might want from me. I spend more time uh, imagining what I could do if I had enough financial security that I didn't have to check my YNAB balances every day. That's a budgeting software for those of you who aren't as frustrated with their finances as I am. I spend so much more time imagining how frustrating it is to live in a world where justice, mercy, and compassion are secondary values to the pursuit of our individual achievement. Why doesn't God fix those things? I spend a lot of time wondering why some people have parenthood thrust upon them when they aren't able to provide a safe home and why other folks pay thousands of dollars trying to be a parent when they can't be. I would love for God to fix that. I spend a lot of time wondering why diseases exist and why discrimination is able to persist with such incredible strength. I wonder about these things. I wonder why my desires aren't always fulfilled, but I don't spend a lot of time wondering what God might want or what God might need. My faith tells me that God grieves with me about this. I know that, but why, why do we know that? What is it that God wants? Why would God grieve if this weren't the world that was created so perfectly? Right? I want to live in a peaceful world. I want to have conversations that are honest and vulnerable that don't make my stomach turn over itself whenever I try to. I want to live without worrying about finances and money all the time, but what about God? What does God need? The stories in Luke's 15th chapter, I think, tell us something about this. So the first story Jesus tells comes immediately after all the religious folks complain that Jesus is eating with the non-religious folks. The assumption here is that they're not worthy of sitting with right? They're crass, they're dirty, they're a little weird. They aren't the folks that good religious folks should spend time with. 
So Jesus takes that opportunity to tell a story, and I think it tells us something about the nature of God. He tells a story about a shepherd in the wilderness who lost a hundred sheep, which is a lot of sheep. It would have been a lot of sheep now, and it definitely would have been a lot of sheep then. A hundred sheep is a lot of sheep. So when Jesus asks the question, wouldn't he leave the 99 alone in the wilderness if one was lost? The answer is no. No, he would not. Of course he wouldn't. The risk wouldn't be worth it. And if the sheep was found, it certainly wouldn't have been something worth throwing a party for, right? It's 1% of his seasonal production of wool or meat. It's really not that big of a deal. But in Jesus's story, the shepherd leaves 99 sheep to find one sheep and celebrates with his friends when he finds it again. So it's starting to sound like God craves something here. It's starting to sound like God craves connection, but even more importantly, God craves connection with both the religious and the non-religious folks. God is willing to leave the stable and faithful folks behind if it means that the outsider might be welcomed in. God seems to crave full community, not just part of it. So if you've ever felt like an outsider, this story is worth paying attention to. Even when your community leaves you out, God will leave them in order to be with you and to carry you joyful into a community that will celebrate when they see you again. And if you've been religious your whole life, if you've always been sort of in the inner circle, this is a challenge to see the ones who are being left out and to welcome them in, even if it makes you a little uncomfortable. So then there's a second story about a woman who loses one of 10 silver coins. Those coins in the day symbolize about a day's wages for someone performing unskilled labor. Essentially, the coin indicates one day's income at minimum wage. So the 10 coins Uh, we're supposed to assume, indicate her total savings. She's got 10 days worth of money before it runs out. So losing any of it would be a huge loss. It would be far greater loss than the single sheep from the first story. If you've ever lived paycheck to paycheck, you know every single dollar has to be used exactly right. Otherwise, you will be in financial trouble very quickly. Amen. So she lost her money. And she does what all of us would do naturally. She scours her house to find that one day's income. And after cleaning and recleaning her house all night, she finds it and she's so overcome with joy that she invites the neighbors over for a party to celebrate. She was once broke and is now solvent, at least for a moment. But the, the party here, I think, is the biggest turning point in the story. It's fair to assume that she just spent that one day's salary throwing a party for her friends, right? She tore her house apart to find this coin and then spends it for her friends to come and celebrate. And from this story, we're meant to learn something about God. Jesus says, 
I tell you, joy breaks out in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who changes heart and life. What if this, too, tells us something about God's needs, God's desire? I think this story is about God's desire for connection in the same way that the shepherd story was, right? The story about the shepherd tells us that God is willing to make sacrifices for the things and for the people who seem insignificant. We learn from the shepherd that every single sheep is of significant value, and we learn that every single person is of significant value in God's eyes, even if they are just one in a crowd of hundreds. But the story the woman tells is that God uses what God has for the benefit of the community. Even when resources are scarce, God uses everything God has to draw the community in. God gives everything in order to connect with you. So what does God need? This question that keeps spinning for me. What is the creator of everything that exists needs? What is the one who is the origin and the sustenance of all life need? And I still don't really know the answer. And I probably won't know the answer, but it seems clear to me that God does crave intimacy and connection. And the things that distract us from that are just the other symbols of the story. For us, for me, if I were the shepherd, I would be thinking way more pragmatically. Uh, We would probably leave the single sheep in the wilderness as an acceptable loss, right? We might even isolate the rest of the 99 sheep so that no more could ever leave. We'd build up a fence. But God doesn't think that way. God values every single life too much to let any of us be alone in the turbulence of life. So God draws the outcast in. For us, if we were the woman managing life from one paycheck to the next, we would think pragmatically. When resources are scarce, you do not share them. But God doesn't think that way. God values connection and intimacy too much to let scarcity dictate when generosity is appropriate. What God demonstrates again and again in scripture is that there is no barrier to God's love for us. The barriers that exist between me and God are of my own making. God pursues in the wilderness. God invites us into the party, and we get to choose whether or not we are willing to participate. We get to choose whether or not we will return to the community after being left behind. We get to choose whether or not we will celebrate when someone new comes in. We get to choose whether or not what little, whether or not to share what little we have, or if we should keep it for ourselves. God desires connection, celebration, and abundance every single time. And I'm trying to let go of my own pragmatism and my own mindset of scarcity because that's the language of our culture. The language of heaven is so much more than that. The language of heaven says that you're worth finding, 
even if the world has abandoned you. The language of heaven says that you belong, even if you've never felt like you fit in. The language of heaven says that there is always more room at the table, even if it feels crowded now. The language of heaven says that celebration is always worth it. A party is always worth throwing, even when there doesn't seem to be enough to go around. And I trust this divine message. I long for the common language of our community to match that of heaven. There is always room. There is always enough. There is always someone to be brought back in. There is always a reason to party. Thanks be to God. Amen.